Welcome to Ag This Week, a podcast sponsored by the New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau. This week's podcast features an on-the-ground report from the Natural Resources Conservation Service, an overview of a popular Albuquerque area agritourism venue, a preview of New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau's Ag Day at the Ballpark, and we wrap up with a look to the next generation with an East Side Ag teacher. Farmers and ranchers in southern New Mexico have experienced significant damage of their property due to cross-border traffic. Fences, water lines, and barns have been destroyed, and repairs are costly for producers. The USDA has set aside funds for financial and technical assistance through the Equip Border Restoration Initiative to help producers complete infrastructure repairs. The $1.5 million in funding is in addition to existing state annual allocations. Kenneth Branch, Assistant State Conservationist with the National Resources Conservation Service, is here to explain the program. Kenneth, tell us about this initiative. Thank you for having me. So the Southern Border Equip Initiative, it's an initiative that is offered through the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, or EQIP as we know it. And the initiative is really designed to assist producers at or near the southern border where practices have sustained damage due to border activity. So basically, NRCS can provide financial assistance to repair damages to existing conservation practices that sustain damage through any kind of border activity. That's pretty much the initiative and where we are with it in southern New Mexico. So what are the program requirements? The program requirements include the producer must meet the basic equip eligibility requirements, and some of those requirements are that the person must be a legal entity, an individual, an Indian tribe, or a joint operation with signature authority. They have to be engaged in the ag production or have an interest in the ag operation that's being offered for enrollment. They also have to establish some records with the Farm Service Agency, and they have to complete some required certifications. And those certifications include, of course, an application for assistance. They have to meet the adjusted gross income. They have to complete a highly erodible land and wetland compliance certification. And they also have to have a farm operating plan. And all of this can be done at the local NRCS field office and the FSA local office. And then, of course, for this specific initiative, they must have damage to existing conservation practices due to the border activity. That's kind of one of the caveats for the initiative. What counties does it cover in New Mexico, Kenneth? So in New Mexico, we identified it based on NRCS teams and field offices. So we have Team 7, which encompasses the Silver City, Lordsburg, and Deming field offices. Then we also have Team 9, which is the Las Cruces, Almogordo and Tier C field office, and then it also covers the Carlsbad field office. So we did it based more on field office boundaries more so than counties. Okay, and what has been the response so far? So really the response, it has increased in recent weeks. We've started getting some applications. So I think that the word is starting to get out that this initiative is out there. As I mentioned, our applications are starting to come through the door. Our local field staff are starting to meet with these producers that are interested in the initiative. So I would say that the response is starting to increase. And when is the deadline for application? So the deadline is July the 15th of 2022. However, we encourage producers to submit their application as soon as possible. The reason that we're encouraging this is because we are implementing what we call the ACT NOW process, and that's ACT-ACT, ACT NOW. 
which basically allows NRCS to approve and obligate funds to a ranked application when that application meets or exceeds the minimum ranking score as long as there's funds available. And really what it does is the normal way that we process our applications, we have a application deadline and we have a ranking deadline. Our local staff will rank all of the applications prior to obligating any dollars. And once all of the applications are ranked, then we start funding based on the highest ranking score and we go down the list until we run out of funds. With the Act Now, applicants don't have to wait until we rank all of the applications. As long as they are above or meeting the state-identified minimum ranking score, and for this initiative, the, the minimum ranking score is 50, so any application that ranks at or above 50, we can move forward with obligation and there's no need to wait. And that's, of course, based on the availability of funds. And right now we do have funds available. So that's why we're encouraging folks to get their application in as soon as possible. But the deadline is July the 15th. Thank you, Kenneth. Again, the deadline for application is July 15th. And you can find more information by searching online for EQIP Border Restoration Initiative. From the border to the pumpkin patch, next we have Kirsten McCall, who with her husband, Kevin, operate the McCall Pumpkin Patch in Moriarty. For 24 years, this popular agritourism venue has allowed families to pick their memories in the pumpkin patch and has expanded to activities such as a ropes course, a pedal cart track, and a 16-acre corn maze. No wonder over 100,000 people passed through their farm gates last year. Kirsten, how did the adventure start? Well, kind of just stumbled into it. Back in about 1996, Kevin and his dad were in the cattle business, and his dad's a developer, and he had bought the property where the farm is today with intentions to develop it, but to keep the water right, he wanted Kevin to start farming it. And one of the crops Kevin planted was pumpkins. And we had a friend from Albuquerque that was a school teacher and asked if she could bring her class out during harvest. So we did it, took them on hayride out to the patch, and they picked pumpkins, and we showed them some animals. And, you know, harvesting pumpkins is a tough crop because it all is done by hand, and you have to find a crew. It's always a big job. So when Kevin saw little kids going out and actually picking their pumpkins and paying him, it was kind of like, ooh, this could be something. So really, it just kind of started from there. I think in 98, he and his mom and a couple of their friends put out a flyer, and they did about 3,000 school kids that came out. The thing that really sparked the interest for Kevin is, remember, he was driving the tractor and one of the little boys saw them loading pumpkins out of the field and he's like, wait a second, those are the boxes in Walmart. And, um, you know, he just kind of saw the light bulb go off, like, oh, the food comes from here and then goes to the store. And it just kind of went on from there. In 99, I had had our daughter. And so I quit teaching. I was a high school English teacher and agreed to help and it just kind of exploded from there and just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So what are y'all doing on the farm right now? Well, of course, the guys are farming, you know, getting water running and getting ready to plant. And as far as projects for the pumpkin patch, our big deal for this year is we're putting in a train. Um, we actually bought a train out of the Oklahoma City Zoo, and we're learning what that entails. So we're, we're building railroad and working on a train depot and that'll be kind of our big big adventure for this year wow that's exciting so you guys are always expanding the venue for fun we have all these ideas but partly too because 
as more people come, we just need more and more things for people to do. Awesome. So why is it important for people to have firsthand experiences with agriculture? You know, for us, you get a lot of negative people talking about farmers and ranchers. And and I think people are so disconnected with agriculture today. You know, it used to be in the past, a lot of kids had somebody, you know, a grandpa or an uncle or somebody that lived on a farm. They, they would go out and see what they did. And But today, most kids don't have that experience at all. They don't know. They don't understand the agricultural world. And, you know, they get criticized for the water they use. Or We want people to understand the importance of the agriculture industry. And I think this, is, this just gives them a glimpse and, and reminds kids where their food comes from. You know, our son is um, a junior in college, and he's studying plant soil environmental science. I mean, this is really a passion for him. So we're excited for him to come get back in the business because he really is wants to educate people on what farmers are doing. And the most important thing to us is good stewardship of our land, you know. So we do everything we can to better the soil. And I think most people just don't realize that. Absolutely. What a great way to connect consumers with producers and the story of agriculture with a firsthand experience. Do you have any advice for those considering starting their own venue? It's a lot of hard work and it kind of takes over your whole life. It becomes your lifestyle to run a business like this, but it's been an incredible lifestyle. I mean, I'm so grateful. This is where I got to raise my kids. They grew up involved in the business. They learned hard work. They learned what it means to own a business. It's been a neat place for Kevin and I to mesh kind of our passions. You know, his passion is definitely agriculture. I love more the creativity and the entertainment side of it. And there's a place for everybody in the family to work on their passion. We have so many ideas. Hard to (laughs) find time to do them all. Thanks, Kirsten. I'm putting your pumpkin patch on my list of must-dos this fall. Speaking of fun things to do with your family, the New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau is teaming up with the Isotopes baseball team for an Ag Day at the Ballpark. Francisco Atai, Marketing and Membership Coordinator for New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau, is here to share the details. New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau partnered with the Isotopes to host an agricultural day during one of their home games. The event will be held on May 15th at 11 a.m. and gates open at 12.30 p.m. For the first 3,000, they will receive an awesome giveaway sponsored by New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau. People can expect a petting zoo put together by the local forage chapter. They will have everything from baby goats, bunnies, to even a horse. We will have John Deere tractors displayed outside. We have a local FFA chapter showcasing some of the welding projects their high school students have created. And last but not least, the Southwest Southland Dairy Farmers will have their mobile dairy classroom, where their training instructor will demonstrate how to milk a cow. And yes, they will actually have a cow in a trailer for this demonstration. We're looking forward to this event because it allows us to share this story of fruit production from farmers to consumers. This first-hand experience will help consumers understand the agricultural community. Connecting urban and rural communities is a goal of the New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau. We hope to see you there. Thanks, Francisco. We hope to see everyone there for this fun and unique experience. For this week's Look to the Next Generation, we're featuring Justin Armstrong, who graduated from NMSU in 2020 with a degree in agricultural education. Justin, tell us about your career choice. Hey to all, my name is Justin Armstrong and I teach ag here in House, New Mexico. Uh, So jumping right in, why did I choose agriculture education? Well, agriculture education has been a big influence in my life. During my time in the ag classroom and in FFA, I was able to 
find my passions. I was provided opportunities to become a better person, figure out who I am, what my purpose is, and what I strive to do with my life. And so due to the guidance of my ag teachers, I was able to find all of these things. Well, now as an ag teacher, I get to help make a difference in people's lives. I want to be that positive difference in people's lives. I want to be that positive role model. And I want to help provide these opportunities to these kids. I want them to become better individuals. I want them to better themselves. And I want them to better our world. Aside from that, I want to have a skilled agricultural workforce. You know, if I can teach these kids at least one thing, whenever they graduate high school, they'll be able to find a job. They'll be able to benefit our world, our environment, our nation. That's my goal. I want them to be able to go out there and have a skill, but I also want them to be informed and have a clue of what's going on in the world. I want them to know how that food got on their table, you know, that it didn't just come from a grocery store. Those are my main drivers behind why I became an ag teacher. My most favorite part about being an ag teacher is creating those connections and relationships with my students. You don't really get to have a connection like an ag teacher does. You know, your, your normal teacher is a totally different connection than us. We're with these guys of quite a good amount of hours. And so we get to see many sides of them. We get to see them around new people. We get to see them around new settings. We see them uh, a different side of these students than what their parents see at home. We see them a different side than what other teachers see in the classroom. So we're seeing a totally different student, you know, and that that bond is very strong and that that bond is really one of the most rewarding points of becoming an ag teacher. At the end of seniors, time in FFA, it's very touching because you know that you made a positive impact on them and that student definitely left a positive impact on your life. I believe we have to teach our new generation, our younger generation about where our food came from, why it's on the table, things like that. Thanks, Justin. Thanks to ag advisors like you, the future of New Mexico ag is bright. This has been Delene Hodnett with the New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau's Ag This Week.